everyone. Welcome to Pentapolitics, Mr. Watson. I am most certainly your host, forever and eternally, Christian Watson. It is so good to be with all of you today on this lovely, 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 lovely Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. Oh my, the 20th year so far, well, the 21st year so far in the 21st century. How does it make you feel? Some of you who are listening to the sound of my voice were probably born in the 20th century. You were probably born in a time where this production right now would have only been possible inside of a studio. You would not have been able to listen to this production on your phone or on your computer, wherever you're listening to. You would have had to have a TV or some sort of radio to listen to this production. You are in an era. You are in an age where information transmit at breakneck speeds, where information is as common and as fast as the wind, where things are just moving at a rapid pace. You should be so thankful for that. Because that is simply a product of the coming into fruition of the seeds of human greatness. We all have greatness inside of us, ladies and gentlemen. Each and every one of us. We have greatness. Vast reservoirs of greatness embedded into our skin and embedded into our DNA that are just waiting to be tapped. So before I begin my analysis today, I must ask you, what are you doing to tap your vast greatness? Or what have you done to tap your vast greatness? Because the greatness that you tap right now could in 20 or 30 years allow someone else to make their own. Oh my. That's something right there to think about. But now on to more mundane things. I hate the mundane. Anyone who knows me knows I hate. I just like the mundane just makes me lose more hair than I actually already have. <laughs> Which is hard because I don't have any hair if you're seeing me on YouTube right now. I haven't made a, I have not made an episode since election day. On purpose. Because I have been going through certain theories and responses in my mind to the prevailing issues surrounding the election. Whether it's the claims of voter fraud, whether it's the ants of people in Portland trying to destroy the Democratic headquarters, well, whether it's Michelle Obama lambasting over 75 million people or 71 million people who voted for Donald Trump, whether it's the AOC hit list, well, regardless of what it is, I have just been struggling in my mind to understand the, the, the eldritch insanity which has bellowed out from this political consciousness and is now just hitting us over the head with nonsense. And we are expected to take it. We're expected to take it as if it's just something that is, it's just politics. It's just social media. No, it's not. You have an apparition moving through the annals of the American consciousness. And it's affecting it in a very dangerous way. And a lot of that aberration stems from the rhetoric coming from the left. Now, of course, the right has problems too, and I'll get to that today as well. Because, look, this is a real fraud situation. I have come to the conclusion that I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. I do not want to talk about voter fraud. I just don't. I don't, people. I, I, I can't. I can't. Look, let the evidence show... What is going to be the truth? Let the evidence show what the truth is. As Enya said, 
Who can say where the road goes or where the day goes? Only time. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Enya and sit right here and wait for time to tell me. If you aren't time, if you aren't the courts, I don't want to hear your perspective on election rigging or voter fraud. If you are not a magistrate within a court of law, or if you are not one of Trump's attorneys or one of Biden's attorneys who are presenting material evidence before a court of law, I don't want to hear your opinions on voter fraud. I don't. I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of losing followers because I'm saying, look, guys, if there is fraud, we need, we need to stop the fraud. But I see no evidence. I'm getting tired of losing followers. I'm getting tired of losing my mind because people seem to think that their version of reality is absolute and true. So let me just say this before I go to other topics that I think I can productively comment on. If there is voter fraud, because there are certainly irregularities, if there is voter fraud... Let the light of truth shine on it and expose it for the, 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 the disgusting, destitute, dishonest, unethical action that it is. And may the courts adjudicate that matter accordingly. I don't have the authority, nor do I have the brain power right now, to go through all the claims of voter fraud and try to debunk them. I have debunked some, but they keep coming. Like a, like, like a waterfall way past its prime, it just keeps flowing. So guess what? If there's voter fraud, if there's voter fraud, my goodness, if there is, then let it be exposed. I'm waiting for the course to tell me. And the Trump team seems very confident in their answer. I saw the attorney for Michael Flynn go on Fox News the other day and say that she believes that there are about 200,000 plus ballots that have severe problems with them. And if they can produce those 200,000 plus ballots in a court of law, guess what's going to happen? The election results can be successfully challenged. But until they do that, I don't want to hear about it. I only want to hear about the people who are actually involved in the process. Do your best as a consumer of social media not to get bogged down in things that you really just can't prove. All right? My Lord, I'm trying to be pensive here. But you're taking me from pensive to irritation. I don't like that. Not anyone in particular, not, not, not my lovely listeners, not, not you guys, but it's just, I just don't like that. Let time tell, and stop unfollowing people because they challenge your preconceptions. If there is voter fraud, which is possible, then my God, let time tell. All right, we're done with that topic. No more. Let's go on to more things that irritate me. Michelle Obama, the queen of left-wing causes, the, the the sort of divine figure of many uh, left-wing movements in America. Michelle Obama had the nerve to say today, no, not today, a few days ago, November 7th, that those 71 million people who voted for Donald Trump need to be reached out to, need to be challenged, need to be united this very, 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 very weird Aurelian language, which has absolutely very little basis in what America is actually meant to be and the conditions upon which the American experiment was formed. This very odd language that sounds as if it comes from the annals of a, re- a re-education camp came from Michelle Obama. Now, let, let's just, I'll actually read you what she said in her tweet. Since Twitter is now the agora, of knowledge these days, the agora of political conversation. 
Um, uh, uh, there's an article at TheBlaze.com. I'll, I'll read some of it. Democrats were beyond thrilled Saturday when media outlets declared former Vice President Joe Biden the winner of the 2020 presidential election. The left did not just celebrate the Biden victory. They were all about celebrating the reported defeat of President Donald Trump and his supporters. American law, America saw lawmakers, Democrats, and other left-wingers call for the creation of a list of Trump, Trump sycophants in order to shame them and keep them out of polite society. This came from directly from AOC. This came directly from her. We'll get, the, we'll get to the list in a moment. We'll get to that, but that bundle of joy in a moment. Unsurprisingly, Biden backers attacked effigies of President Trump in massive, but not socially distanced rallies around the nation. On Saturday, former First Lady Michelle Obama threw fuel on the fire with a tweet ripping more than 71 million people who voted for Trump in 2020. Here's what she said. I am beyond thrilled that my friend at Joe Biden and our first black and Indian American woman vice president by the way, that shouldn't matter whatsoever. That I don't care if Kamala Harris is blue, green, black. I don't care. What are what are the merits of her actions? What are the merits of her principles? What does she want to do? Her blackness, her womanhood, tells me nothing of substance about her philosophy. Ideas over material substances. Minds over matter. That's what this dichotomy is right now. Minds over matter. I don't care. What her physiological competition that she was given at birth says, it shouldn't matter. But unfortunately, we live in a collectivistic-minded society that makes these things matter. When Joe Biden was nominated, people said, oh, we have two old white men running for president. Which, by the way, completely ignored Miss Joe Jorgensen's Libertarian Party. But we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that because they have a lot of work to do over there, but still. They said that they, 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 people lamented. People I know, Republicans, conservatives, libertarian-minded people, individualist-minded thinkers also, I thought, lamented the fact that there were two old white men running for the presidency. So apparently, identity is secondary, or primary, actually, and their ideas are secondary. This is the problem. This is why you have a runoff in Georgia right now between Leffler and, and Warnock. Uh, this is why. Because Brian Kemp decided to nominate a woman, a white woman, because he wanted to, to, to appeal to white suburban voters. This was literally his reasoning. This is not a prejudice. Un this is literally his reasoning. He played identity politics with that appointment. And look what's happening. That lady has, is, is, has very little enthusiasm. She's plastic. No offense to her, but she has, there's not much enthusiasm for her. She refuses to, to visit some of the most conservative areas in the state. I have talked to Republican Party officials in Georgia that have told me, Christian, this lady just is not palatable. She just is not charismatic. She just is not receptive. This, the, the perils of identity is political death. That's one of the perils. The other peril is obfuscation. A severance from the truth. A severance from the truth. Anyway, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Because we're working with something here. We're starting an action right now in the heavenlies. We're working with something really powerful right now. So then in her next tweet, Michelle Obama says this. Thank you to all of you who poured every ounce of your hope and determination into this democracy. We are not a democracy. If I hear someone else say America is a democracy, I will let out a scream. 
I will let out a passionate, furious yell that comes from the depths of my soul. America is not a democracy. This is a republic, a constitutional republic. Well, Christian, the definition of a republic is not very clear. Oh, I think it's quite clear. The term republic comes from the Latin word res publica, which simply means for, for the public. So it is a form of governance that is predicated upon the public. The Americans took this conception of the republic and baked it in this sort of cake of natural rights, in this sort of cake of representation, in this sort of cake of consent. So the concept of, of res publica went from the bare bones definition that the Romans had, that, that existed in the Latin, in Latin, and then it went over to America, and we formed it, and we made it all good, and we presented it into a constitution, we presented it into a bill of rights, and boom. The definition of republic is quite clear, and it is incumbent in, of American history. Don't you dare tell me that the republic is, is, is nebulous. It's not. It's very clear. That America is a republic, and that's it. Period. This is non-democracy. A democracy is a union of mob rule that doesn't care anything about my rights or me, and cares about this sort of utilitarian nonsense that has that 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 prides value on a mo ever moving target that no one can ever pin down. If I don't know what to value, then how in the world can I have a coherent political system? If I don't know, if I don't have bedrock principles that are not based on contingencies but natural truths, how in the world can I make coherent and ethically justified uh, political decisions? I can't. Well, Christian, this is a different form of ethics than you. No, no. Utilitarianism is a, is, a, is a vile form of ethics. I know there are some libertarians or utilitarians. I get you. You're misguided. Let's go on. Thank you to all of you who poured every ounce of your hope and determination into this democracy over these past four years. Registering voters, getting them to the polls, and keeping folks informed. More votes were cast in this election than ever before. It's because of you. It's all because of you. Remember that song? I had the time of my life And I never felt this way before And I swear it's true And I owe it all to you It's because of you It's because of you that more folks say that they can coerce people Into abiding by their political diktats Through the ballot box It's because of you, Michelle Obama says That more folks are wooed By the specter of identity politics It's because of you is that an accomplishment or is that a terror? I'll let you decide that for yourself. Here is the troublesome tweet that she made. Let's remember that tens of millions of people voted for the status quo, even when it meant supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division. We've got a lot of work to do to reach out to these folks in the, in the years ahead and connect with them on what unites us. To some people, this may seem very benign. Oh, she wants to unite the country. Oh, she wants to make sure that we can have a unified, peaceful, coherent society. That's not what this is saying. See, this is my, my, it's, if you're hearing this on my voice, you have to understand. There is a key distinction between images and substance. I make this distinction all the time in my videos. And one of my content creating mentors said, Christian, repeat things for your audience. 
repeat things for your audience. And so I repeat these core concepts because I want them to get baked into your head. You've got to understand this. You've got to understand where this is coming from. You've got to. Because if you don't, you are going to be vulnerable to tricksters. Because right now, Michelle Obama is using the silver tongue, or I guess the silver pen, to be a trickster, to obfuscate, to be a sophist. And that is something that we have to avoid if we're going to remain crusaders for the truth. Simple, simple, simple. So, let's get let, let, let's break this down. So, she's essentially saying that since people who, for whatever reason, didn't vote for Joe Biden, they voted for the destruction of let's 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 under let's see what the concepts she talked about are synonymous with lies. Okay, the destruction of truth, hate, the destruction of love, chaos, the destruction of order, and division, the destruction of unity. So apparently, according to Michelle Obama, American voters ascended to a quartet, a quartet of destruction, of key principles that are necessary for honest conversations, that are necessary for peaceful interactions, that are necessary for an ordered society, and that are necessary for cohesion. A quartet, that quartet of danger that Michelle Obama's talking about right now. Yet... This belief only succeeds, her argument only succeeds, if you are to ascribe all of these qualities, or the existence of these qualities, to the President of the United States, or solely to the President of the United States. So, for example, is Donald Trump the living embodiment of all lies? I don't think so. Is he the living embodiment of hate? I don't think so. Of chaos, I don't think so. Division, I don't think so. In fact, I think well, what I think is I think that all those things are reflective of many human beings. And that it is iris- that it is in- un- intellectually dishonest to pen them, to append them, so to speak, to one human being. Even if you can say that human being did some of those things, you cannot append all the terrors of the world upon one human being and be logically consistent, because the argument goes, or it should logically proceed. That if you get rid of that human being, those things go down. But there are still, I mean, there are plenty of hate groups in the world. There are plenty of people who are actually hateful. There are plenty of people who are, are actually divisive. In fact, this comment itself is indicative of division. And look, I, I have said this tirelessly, people. Division is not a bad thing. This is this is a simple truth. Division, okay. okay. Let me get this. The parts of the human body are divided into sections because different parts do different things. My arms not perform the same function as my nostrils do. My feet not perform the same function that my quads do. Now you might be saying, Christian, what are you talking about? This is so weird. Walk with me because we need some weirdness, I think, to get through this nonsense. Division is simply a, a integral aspect of nature that does not mean it's a good thing but it means that it is an inevitable thing see you can say something is natural without ascribing a value judgment to it 
If you ascribe a value judgment to a nat, so saying something's natural, that's an argument from nature, and that's a fallacy. But if you just say, look, this is simply a part of our nature, without assigning a value judgment, okay, you're fine. That's what I'm saying. You're fine. But let's go. It's beyond just being natural. Division is necessary for creativity, which is the engine of human flourishing, to flow forth like a waterfall and wash over all of us and nourish us and allow us to grow and allow us, most importantly, to live within the condition of freedom that every human being is naturally bestowed. Division is necessary for life. The division of labor. You have to divide your labor between other people or else you wouldn't have any time to do anything else. Division of the beliefs. Your beliefs are typically divided into certain sections. Okay, these are my social beliefs. These are my political beliefs, my religious beliefs. Now, sometimes they cohere, and perhaps they should cohere. That's fine. They can cohere, but they're still different things. Categories. That's how we understand the world, through categories. Division is not inherently evil thing. Division is what, I mentioned this in a YouTube video I did a few, a few days ago. Division is what birthed America from the fire, fires of the Articles uh, of Confederacy, the fires of creativity, the desires for liberty. Division is that which birthed America and caused us to be a fountain of freedom in the world, a fountain of individualism in the world, a fountain of self-preservation in the world. The first nation on this earth to, re to recognize the fullness of the of, of rational actor's ability to be self-moving agents. That's division. That division came through the, the fights between the, the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. That's division. Division is not evil. I don't care what Michelle Obama says. I don't care what she says. I don't care what anyone says. You have to examine these things independent of what people say. Someone told me, Christian, you focus too much on people and not ideas, which, by the way, I don't think is true. But let's say that's the case. People are mediums and vessels for ideas, but the ideas themselves stand alone. The ideas themselves stand up here. The people are down here. Let us not be wary in our intellectual process. Let us be honest, brave, and as Rod Stewart said, forever young. It's a good song. May you be honest, brave, and forever young. And no matter what path you choose, I'm right behind you, win or lose. That's your conscience talking to you. Trying to incite an action of bravery and courage within yourself. Aristotle, I'm reading some Aristotle right now, said there must be moderation between two things. An excess of courage could possibly lead to foolhardiness. Whereas an excess of cowardice is just bad in its own right as well. Be brave. Confront these people. I don't care how big their pocketbooks are. I don't care how big their followings are. Be brave. Because you are the one who lives with the effect of this kind of stuff. You are the one who lives with the effects of this rhetoric. You are the one who has to keep this experiment going. You are the one who carries the flame that's, that sparked, that created this conflagration of greatness that is called the United States of America. You are the one and you must take that mantle and you must carry it forth. Because if you don't, who else will? Who else will? It is in your power. To analyze these things, it is in your power. Talk about these things. It is in your power to become that which is your best self. All right, guys. Got to take a break. I'll be with you in a moment. We're going to take a break. Follow us, like us, subscribe, Pets and Politics Podcast. 
right here on the Fed by Ravens Network. I will see you in a second. All right, we're back. Welcome back to the Pensa Politics Program on the Fed by Ravens Radio Network on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to me at. Wherever you're listening to this on my voice at, I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Your support, your patronage is always welcome. It is always appreciated. And you, from my heart to your heart, much love, much peace, and much joy, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to me. I, I'm on fire today. I have that fire, that spark, that is just, I can't get rid of it. I feel as if America is on the precipice of something great, my friends. I know Biden just won. I know that we don't like that. But guess what? I think that in times of darkness, in times of terror, we have our greatest breakthroughs. Especially in my life personally, my greatest breakthroughs have come in times of darkness. My greatest breakthroughs have come in times of pressure. And America is in a pressure valve right now, just being knocked around. But guess what? We're going to break that valve, and we're going to become better than we've ever been before. Because I believe in this country. I believe in you. I believe in the principles that founded this nation. I believe in their universality. I believe in their inviolate nature. And I believe in their transmissibility through you, from me to you, from the sound of my voice to your head, your consciousness, and from to the entire world. I'm on the pre- we're on the precipice of something great, my friends. <coughs> we're on the precipice of something great. You gotta realize that. All right, let me calm down because we're just on this. I'm just excited because people are realizing the nonsense of identity politics, the nonsense of collectivism. The the primacy of reason, the primacy of the individual, the primacy of faith, the primacy of, 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 of principle over practice, the primacy of these things to how we are supposed to operate correctly in this world. People are getting that. People are understanding that. People are taking that flame and just putting it out there and creating something. We're creating stuff. We're creating Alternative methods to information. We're creating parlor. We're creating these things that are just allowing us to voice our discontent or voice our content or whatever. Voice our creativity. Regardless of what the overlords, the elites or whatever, who want to call them say. Because really, my friend, you got to get this. No one's an overlord over you. I, I hate when people say, oh, the overlords are going to get us. No. That is a misnomer. No. Stop it. Stop with the category mistakes. You are not in the same... A overlord or supposed overlord is not in the same category as you. You're the one who speaks life into this earth. You're the one who acts at the consequences of your rights. You're the one who participates in political conventions. You're the one. The overlords may have some... The overlords, in, in quotation marks, the overlords may have some power, some influence, but you are the one who wills, he who wills, she who wills. And as an act of your will, you have much more power than you think you do. But Van Jones missed that that truth. He missed that message. My lordy. Look, I respect Van Jones. 
I think that he is someone who has a genuine heart. But I don't think that Van Jones... He's not as critical of his conceptions and preconceptions as he should be. And ladies and gentlemen, we should all be quite critical of what we think about things. We should all be quite, 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 quite critical. Because you, sh you should never accept something because it is a product of tradition or because it's a product of what your family did or because it's a product of just past, you know, you just, you, you inheritance. Never accept a position by inheritance. Challenge that position. Test it. The ancient text say to test the fruits. Test its merits. Use the method, as Descartes would do. Use the method. If you need a method, I'll give it to you, too. Because there's a very easy method. I, I didn't come up with that method. I, I, not, I had not come up with the method. I did not come up with the method. But there's a method that I can give you that I've researched, that I've seen other people use, but is not often used in political discourse these days. You, just, you need the method. Van Jones needs the method. He was on CNN after Election Day, and he was sobbing. He was saying that the defeat of Donald Trump meant it was easier to be a dad. It was easier to, to, to say that character mattered. It was easier to be so many... Look, my friends, if Donald Trump or any president makes you feel that way, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. Something... <laughs> Christian, you're doing too much. Okay. Okay, okay let, me, let, me, let me back up. If Donald Trump or any president makes you feel as if you cannot teach universal concepts or concepts in general that are detached from the material plane of reality and need not be based on someone in a position of authority to your kids, then you have a poverty of values and a poverty of insight that is going to impair your ability to be a good parent and impair your ability to understand things at the depth they need to be understood at. You're going to impair your ability to grow. You're going to impair your ability to satiate and water your human condition with those with, with that juice of fertility that you need. You're going to just be in a bad state. Van Jones and a lot of progressives have been, just been in a bad state for the past four years because they believe that human action, that change is created through force. It's simple. If you don't, if you doubt me, then why do they want to have universal health care? Which is simply an imposition of force upon service providers, i.e. doctors and hospitals, to give their labor up for a price or a cost they may not want to um, abide by. Uh, why do you think they want to have a taxation of people over $400,000? That's what Biden wants. Why do you think? Because they view the over-wealthy as some of people who reek from society and take from society, not people who are engaged in voluntary exchanges that create value for everyone, actually. But they see things in a materialistic way. Why do you, th why do you think progressives want to mandate paid family leave or paid woman leave, whatever they call it, paid family leave for businesses? Not Well, not because they actually want, you know, women or people who are pregnant to have that that privilege with by the way they should it's simply because they think that women won't have that privilege otherwise when all reality many businesses offer pay family themselves force is the driving metric of their calculations and when you believe that you can only bequeath change upon this world through force that is all you will have you will always have that specter of force and you will never be able to do anything guess what by yourself let me say that again. If you believe that the only way you can impact this world is through the imposition of force, you will never be able to achieve things by yourself.
You'll never be able to achieve things peacefully. You'll never be able to achieve things efficiently. You don't believe me. Oh, you don't believe me. Okay. So the product of revolutions, whether it's Cuba, <laughs> whether it was in Russia, who all used force to obtain a political ends, have led to destitutions of those areas that force has been applied in. You don't believe me? Okay. Russia, when the Soviets were established after the October Revolution, 1917, after Leninist Russia and everything, and Stalin and all that kind of stuff, they, they entered into Cold War and they were a proud communist, state atheist. They had state atheism established as a religion. I think, I think it still is. I know in China it still is. And then 91, 90, they came crashing down because their economic policies tried to circumvent the laws of economics and thereby the laws of reality. And their dreams just came ahead, came to head with the iceberg, the metaphorical iceberg that was reality and just sunk them like the, like, like the, like the Titanic. Very simple. Very simple. Very simple. There is a grime and reason to reality. As Elton John said in Can You Feel the Love Tonight, there is a wide rhyme and reason to the wild outdoors. Well, that's right. There is a rhyme and reason to reality. And if you push against that, you will not be successful. Force is not the best way to compel the people to... Uh, compulsion is not the best way. I don't, hey, let me rephrase that. Force is not the best way to sell your political beliefs. Simple. Force is not the best way. Force is not even a viable way. Force is not even an ethical way. Forget the utilitarian stuff. Force is not an ethical way to compel your beliefs. It's not. It goes against the principles which constitute reality and the principles which constitute the way human beings live. There's an animating essence behind all of us. But the progressives think that you can change things through government action. You can change the culture through government action. You can change facts of reality like, like inequality through government action. You can change violent people through government action. You can change the desire to kill people that some people have through government action by taking away guns. You can change all these things which are simply defects of our nature which should be fought against by ourselves or by those who care about us or in instances where they may manage to materialize to hurt other people by um, the police or by law enforcement authorities instead of just saying look we'll deal with them when they arise or when there is a a whisper of them arising which is why cops arrest people when they're doing conspiracies to do crazy stuff no instead of doing that they want to completely and utterly reform the physiology of human nature you can't do that you can't do that if Van Jones recognized that the power to change things was nestled deep within his heart, do you really think he would have been on CNN crying the other night? Do you really think that would have been the case? When Joe Biden and Kamala Harris went to go speak, I was doing a live stream reaction of this. When they went to go speak, I saw people crying and sobbing. It reminded me of how peasants would act or subjects to a king would act in reverence of their lords I'm not saying those people were peasants that would be that'd be rude but they're acting like subjects to a king they're acting like peasants they're acting in this very crazy way they're acting in this fashion 
They are acting. They are going below the potential of their humanity. They're going below the minimal baseline. And they're just being, they're acting, they're acting irrationally. This is the same phenomenon Barack Obama had in 2008. People were crying. People I knew were crying. They were sobbing their tears out because Barack Obama had won. It's messianism. It's deification of the presidency, which is absolutely antithetical to what Alexander Hamilton argued in Federalist Number 69, which was that the president was to have no better standing than the governor of New York or the governor of Maryland, of whom back then didn't have very much power whatsoever, and that the president, as the chief magistrate of the government of this engine of rights protection, should not have the stature that the king of England gave himself, which was that of an inviolate, deified, divine individual. That Equality, according to Hamilton and the founders, belonged to no one. Belonged to no one but your God who is up in heaven, who reigns high on the throne. That was the admonition, that was the precept put forth into law, into reality, into action by the founders. And yet you people sit here crying over politicians. Cry over things that actually matter. Politicians have way too much power, way too much importance in their station of life. Way too much. They're never going to cry over them. Well, Christian, they represent something higher than, than, than them. Really, is that so? And can't you embody that thing that's higher? Well, you want there to be civility. Embody civility. Go out and be civil in your conversations, in your social media posts. You want there to be love, embodied love, be love, love and be loved. You want there to be all these things in the world, and that's good. I agree with you. But if you don't have the temerity to go out and be those things yourself, who are you kidding? You're being a coward. If, if you don't have the temerity to go out and, and, and live the principles that you seek to instill in this world, you're a coward. And you should not be listened to. But guess what? I don't think most of you are cowards. I think a lot of people are just scared. And there's a difference between being scared, having a healthy healthy level of caution, and being a coward. I get scared all the time. When I go in an interview, when I do anything, when I do this podcast, I get some scared sometimes, actually. I get scared all the time. All the time, my friends. It's not, and it's okay to have fear. It's okay. But the difference between someone who has fear and someone who is a coward is that for the person who has fear, the fear doesn't rule them. It may temper their perceptions or guide their ideas about reality, but it doesn't rule them. For the person who is a coward, fear rules them in and out. And we don't do that. We're stronger than that. We're better than that. You shouldn't have fear. Van Jones, go out and be the principles that you want instilled in this world. Don't try to do them through the gun of the government. It's very simple. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Because there are people who walked this earth who tried doing that. Whether it was Castro, whether it was Lenin, whether it was Stalin and Pol Pot, whether it was the, the, the late Jerry Falwell Sr., 
who attempted to impose his moralistic agenda upon all Americans as opposed to teaching the virtues, the supposed virtues of his agenda. Whether it was um, Huey Long, the despot of the bayous down in Louisiana in the 1920s, who uh, consolidated so much power under his government and almost became president of the United States before he was shot, uh, who, who literally ruled by an iron fist after he left the governorship from Washington through manipulation of his political subordinates. Every person who has tried to rule people by force and has tried to beat people into submission by force has been nothing more than either a catastrophe for them or it has not succeeded in the way they wanted it to. Because guess what? Human nature has an objective condition by which, which it must be adhered to if it is going to be primed in any way, shape, or form. Very simple. But Van Jones cried, and Oprah said that we're going to restore the soul of America. We're going to restore. She said that this, the soul of America has a reset. And she had the nerve to quote Dr. Maya Angelou, who was a friend of hers. A friend of hers. She had the nerve to quote her. And quote her by saying America rises. But I think Oprah got that wrong. Far be it from me, Oprah knew Dr. Angela, Maya Angela, and I respect Dr. Maya Angela immensely. But I went back after Oprah said that the soul of America has a reset and Dr. Maya Angelo, still I rise, applies to the moment of Donald Trump's defeat. Let's see about that. This, I'm going to read this to you, and, and you, you tell me what you think. So this is Still I Rise by Dr. Maya Angelo. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sadness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, Still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops. Weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't take it with awful hard. Cause I laugh like I got gold mines. Digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that is rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, walling and swelling as I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that is wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and I am the dream of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. A very key word in that entire poem was me. I'm rising. I've got gold mines in my backyard. I've got diamonds at the meaning of my thighs. I've got all these special qualities that give rise to me, to my greatness. 
to outsource Dr. Maya Angelou's message to be a political attack, not only disgraceful to your to her to your former friendship with her when she was living, Oprah. It also misses the point of her message. And in fact, if you were actually following Maya Angelou's message in that poem, you would realize that it doesn't really matter what other folks say or think about you. The external is not what you're concerned about, but your ability to get up and rise to the ashes. Rise like a phoenix from the ashes is what matters. If you are going to embody Maya Angelou's individualist idea, you're not going to worry about the president. You're not going to worry about who's in charge, who's in authority. Because regardless of what they do, you're still going to rise. But for Oprah Winfrey to have the nerve, the unmitigated nerve, to say that, to use Maya Angelou's the principles that she's extolling in the context of a political attack of Donald Trump, that's terrible. That's, that's bad. When she, when, when she said that, I was like, whoa, what, are you serious? Did she really say that? Did she have the, the mendacity... The temerity, as Atticus Finch said in To Kill a Mockingbird. The unmitigated temerity, as he said. To dare utter that word? Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. When you listen to Defensive Politics, my friend, you're listening to the fire of truth. You are listening to the fire of truth come, come off from the altar of illumination and just hit this country like wildfire. Which is why I need you to subscribe wherever you're listening to right now. I need you to like. I need you to, to comment. I need you to share. I need you to do whatever you can in your ability to get this message out there. Because guess what? I'm not having it. I'm not going to have deceivers and people who are just tricksters and, and engaging in chicanery rule us. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I rebuke it. It's going to end right here. We're going to fight it with logic. We're going to fight it with argumentation. We're going to fight it with philosophy. We're going to incite something new and different in our hearts to beat back against this tide of darkness. Because I told you at the beginning of this segment, I just feel something so powerful coming on. Something electric that's going to penetrate our minds and give rise to a new kind of America. Austin Peterson tweeted out the other day, is it time for a Tea Party 2.0? I say yes. Yes, 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 yes. The Tea Party was one of the most fundamental actions to preserving the rights of Americans and to remembering the principles that we were that, that this country was founded upon, which live every single day, not 270 years ago, but live every single day in us. Yes, another Tea Party is necessary. A focus on the supremacy of the individual is necessary. On the protection of our taxes, protection of our resources, so to speak, from taxation is necessary. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Austin Peterson is great. I don't agree with him on everything. I do not agree with him on everything. I do not. We do not. We don't. But he's great. I'm trying to get him on the program. If any of you know him or can help me with him, I, I would appreciate it because he's just, he's, uh, he's an interesting voice. Anyway, this message is electric, my friends. And if there's anything I can leave you with today, let me just tell, let me say this. I Don't allow yourself to be wooed by images Always investigate the subject of your affection. I don't care what it is. I don't care who you believe in. I don't care what, what religion you worship. I don't care what. Always investigate the subjects of your affection. You must do so eternally. Or else you're going to be susceptible to a lot of dishonesty. 
You just will. And this is why Pentapodics exists. This is why all of you should listen to the Fed by Ravens Media Network. This is why all of you should listen to my show every at 7 p.m. every day on that network or on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, wherever you're getting the show at. Because this message is electric and it needs to get out there. It needs to, it needs to, it needs to. And if it's up to me, guess what? It's going to. I promise you. All right, guys. We're coming in on one more minute into the show. Again, subscribe, Pensive Politics on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Pandora, wherever you get your podcast at. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Christian Watson. I have videos coming out almost every day, which are much shorter than this one, about 10 minutes or so. So subscribe there. Subscribe on the Fed by Ravens Media Network, FedbyRavensMedia.com. Please, we need you. It is a great program. It is a great network of many people. It is a great existence here on the network. But as always, my friends, I beseech you, I implore you, and I importune you to love yourself, love God, and love everything you do. And as always, stay pensive. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.